Salutations! Woo! You got to clap now. <laughs> Salutations and welcome to the 40th episode yes. of the In The House podcast. Episode number 40. 40th. It's like we're in our midlife crisis episode. We basically are. I am so excited to be here and I am your host, Evan Floyd. Uh, I am amped about us being able to do our 40th show. We're doing it live tonight. Yeah. We're doing it live on location at Odeon in Butchertown, just about a rock's throw away from the new stadium. Yeah. And it is crazy exciting. This is In the House podcast, and it is the official podcast of Scouse's House Supporters Group. And Scouse's House Supporters Group is an official supporters group of Louisville City Football Club. The most official of all time. And with all of that official, I feel like I'm absolutely going to need somebody to help, you know, keep my bearings straight. And I can only ask for one person to do that, and that is my partner, who tonight is coming to you live from deep in the Congolese jungles. Andy Frederick, ladies and gentlemen. Andy, thank you for coming on. The Congolese jungles. Yes. I don't remember why I came here. <laughs> Usually, I, I'm, I'm... You've got a reason? I have a reason to go to a place, right? Yeah. And this time I was like... It's cold uh-huh. in Kentucky. Yeah. I'm going to go someplace warm. And Congo just popped in there. And so that's, and now you're there. It might have been a mistake. Deep in the jungle. It's very dangerous here. <laughs> I'm sure that that is the case. <laughs> All right, Andy, we've got a bunch of stuff to cover. This is yeah. the, having a week off last week of not podcasting felt very strange. After 39 consecutive weeks, of yeah, podcasting, it, a week off, I felt I felt like I needed to talk about stuff. You get a little FOMO. Yeah. I got a little FOMO. Yeah. Like, yeah, I know it's the off season, but in that week of not doing a podcast, it was like, God, we're missing stuff. Yeah, we. I felt, I, I was so jealous listening to Barrel Proof, not just because their show was good, which it always is, but because I wasn't getting to talk about no, all yeah. that, and it was really frustrating me. And so to make up for all of that time we spent not getting to talk about soccer, yeah. not getting to really enjoy this football club i thought it would be important for us to bring in a member of this football club yeah. so tonight heavy we are uh, not just a heavy hitter tonight we are joined by louisville city's all-time leader in caps Woo. one of the only two players still on the club after four years God. with the club coming back for year number five a centurion a centurion a two-time back-to-back USL champion. We are joined Jeez. tonight by Niall McCabe. Niall. The Niall McCabe. Thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome, guys. Welcome. <laughs> back-to-back sounds good, huh? Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. Sounds good. We worked hard for it. And uh, we all appreciated all yeah. of that hard work. So uh, you are freshly signed. You uh, mm-hmm. you put ink to paper. Yep. Uh, it's official. You're coming back for year number five. Yep. All done and dusted. And uh, you, I'm not going to lie. You started making a lot of people in the Twitter universe nervous <laughs> when we started yeah. seeing you were down in Orlando. I'm not saying that anything else that we happen to know about is in Orlando, but uh, you were making people nervous. Did, <laughs> did, did, you have, did you have a nice vacation? It was really good. It was uh, nice to get in the sun. And I went to some parks down there, Yeah. which... I was not a fan of. <laughs> not a fan of the parks. It's crazy busy. The lines are too <laughs> yeah. long, and when I have like a one-year-old, it's yeah, it's not great Mm-mm. trying to keep them entertained for like sixty minutes in in a line. That was a uh, so yeah. Would not would not willingly go back. <laughs> <laughs> 
Good to know. Orlando, you are closed done, to Nile McCabe. Uh, all I know is that we're so glad you're back, not just from Orlando, but back with the club. Uh, you have gotten to be a part of this team from literally the very beginning. Mm-hmm. What to you stands out as the biggest growth that the team has made from the time when you signed on to where we are now? I mean, obviously the championships, but what do you feels like this is the biggest difference between showing up to day one at practice and what you get now? Um, I think when, when I first uh, joined the team, I knew we had like a great coach. And I knew like the, the caliber of players he brought in in year one was, was really good, but... Um, there was always that sense of like unknowing, you know, first year team, how's this gonna turn out? So I guess the stability after uh, four years of, you know, I, I guess you can really good seasons, you know, uh, conference final every every year, and so going from like the unknown, how will this turn out to knowing that we're gonna get like great support every week, yep. uh, without a doubt, like. That's like probably the biggest, uh, the sense of stability. Yep. Yeah. Sure. What um, What was the biggest, for you personally, like what was the biggest driving force of re-signing? Um, probably the, the stadium and stuff mm-hmm. um, and the sense of like, uh, you know, I've been here since uh, day one and yep. um, to kind of sign to open, open the stadium would be pretty yeah. cool. I thought that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, we've just won it two years in a row, so uh, I don't think, you know, outside the USL, there's not a better team. got to build that yeah. dynasty. You know, are you going to draw your initials in the concrete somewhere once they start pouring for the new stadium? Yeah, I'll probably do something like that. So I, have, I have a strong hunch we'll see his name on stuff around the stadium regardless of whether or not he puts his name in the concrete. I hope so. <laughs> uh, so you did resign, and uh, you talked in the press release that was done after you did, you, after you'd resigned, you talked about what Andy just said about sort of building a dynasty here with uh, Louisville City. What, coming off of two straight championships, what to you is the most important thing that you guys can bring to the field next year to sort of continue to build that legacy or dynasty for this club? Um, I think we need to stick to like what got us there, and that's like people don't realize how hard we work. Yeah, you see it on sure on a Saturday and stuff, but like training sessions like are super intense. Like it's crazy. Some days are crazy. Like. The intensity that we train at, I think that's probably the most important thing uh, that leads us into Saturdays. You know, everyone sees that we work hard, we're cohesive and stuff, but the the Monday to Friday, uh, that's like the most important. Well, I think that everybody can notice in particular that over the four years, I've always felt like we that Lou City's been a second half team. And I don't even necessarily mean the second half of the season, although that's definitely true. But that uh, they play well in the second halves, which is almost always uh, because you're in better condition than your opponents, which is the notion of working harder. But also, like I say, a second half of the year team in that you guys have basically all four years been hitting your stride right when the playoffs came. And that's not easy to do with the amount of soccer that you guys play throughout the year. No, it's not. And I think that's kind of the experience the guys we have in the team who've like been around, you know, George, Luke, Brian, mm. Paolo. 
and we kind of have that experience and uh, that kind of counts for a lot when you're coming to you know the running and pressure's coming on and we've been there before we knew what it would take even like the first year we won it uh, a lot of us were, were still there when we lost in, in, in the conference final and stuff and we knew you know kind of we had a feeling we would get over the line because we we knew how to address what went wrong and stuff like sure. that so what you um, got to do to get there yeah, and so what you got to do to finish it having the type of players the experience to go along with the quality that was kind of a big thing for us okay though the thing that it leads me to wonder though is uh when you have a season like we did last year, which forget about changing coaches, forget about uh, you know player injuries and player coaches, and forget about all of that, you guys also had your deepest ever U.S. Open Cup run, mm-hmm. where you're having midweek games for essentially two months in the middle of the season. You guys played two to three to sometimes four games in the course of a seven or ten day stretch. Yeah, it's, that's did, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we, had like, we had a few. Uh, like sections, I remember like um, it was kind of broken up where we had like you know five games in in fifteen days. Or something yeah, like that. it was like crazy, and we had like blocks of that. I think it was like four blocks. You had several, yeah, like that. And I just remember thinking like this is like crazy. We've right. never done yep. this before, you know. No, and you were like going so deep and stuff that that was was a factor but and especially during that time period yeah, we there didn't were have, we didn't have a big squad either that's what i was gonna yeah. say is that for a big port, portion of that you guys only had 18 guys on the roster yeah. and that's and that's brutal injuries during right. that time yeah. was, uh, open cup you have the international rule too so um, there were a number of games last year where even on road games that we suited up two goalkeepers on the bench. Yeah. If things had gone badly because of injuries or because of, uh, you know, a red card or exhaustion or something along those lines and you'd had to go to one of those keepers to come in to play in the field, who would you have brought out to play on the field? Which which of the uh, the two backups between uh, Dobro and Hubbard would have gotten some time playing uh, center back or uh, somewhere along those lines? I tell you, they both fancy themselves. They both fancy themselves, but uh, you know, Chris has Chris has diced some people up. Uh, okay. In training, really? So I would say I would say Chris by hair. Mm. Yeah. You, Hack, Coach Hack has said has made note several times how much of a workhorse you are in training. Um, do you ever take it upon yourself in any way to push the team? Like, do you ever find yourself in a position where you're pushing everybody else as no. much as you? No? Uh, <laughs> not, in that, not in that sense. I, it's just not uh, who, I, who I am I, as a person. You know, I'm not very very vocal. Mm-hmm. Um, when I do have something to say, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll get my point across and I'll do it in such a way, but I'm not kind of that uh, vocal leader type thing. I kind of, I do try to lead like by example, you know. Mm-hmm. So if I am working uh, extremely hard, mm. um, then you know, hopefully they they see. And we have a good group that we don't really have anyone not working, you know. Right. We're not carrying anybody. Right. So everyone. Right. Everyone does really, really work hard, you know. So. Um, I think there also there's also the fear as well, and just that there's always somebody pushing you for your spot. Yeah, and yeah. when you're around it, I know how good 
everybody else is. You know, it's it's crazy to have such depth in in, in the squad. Uh, so you're always kind of fearful um, if if I have a bad training session. That does that mean that I'm not going to be getting yeah, like, so called for the next one? Even though it's like that's why our sessions are like incredibly intense. It's like having that kind of quality yeah, up and down the roster. It's it's scary. Yeah. So you know, when you show up to training, you, it's 100. percent You know, it's yeah, I do. I give everything in training. You know, it's just and how I am. I I always wonder. You guys had uh, three players, really four, if you count Alexi and uh, Jonathan Lewis, who uh, played this past year with you guys, that were significantly younger than the majority of the team. A couple of them joined mid-season, and so when you've got players like a Jose Carranza and somebody. Uh, like a uh, James Sands coming to play with the squad who are quite a bit younger than uh, the majority of the club, and especially when you guys have been together for so long. Uh, what does it take to sort of bring them into the fold and make sure they know this is how we play, this is what we do, but also this is my spot and you can't have it? Um, I think, you know, we're all good guys, you know. We're, we hang out together, we play video games together. It's like we eat together. It's, it's sure. We're all friends and... and yeah, you know, we have the band and, and stuff like that, and then when we go to train, it's we expect like everyone to be training correctly and, and pushing each other, working hard. So I, I don't think it takes much for anyone coming in to realize quickly that oh this this is how it is here mm. you now. So I better get on board, mm -hmm. or else it won't end well. I won't be here so long. Yeah, I think. We do a really good job at including everybody and, and mm -hmm. really trying to make them settle early and, and, and kind of settle into themselves because sometimes that can be, um, it might take a little bit longer for people to kind of come out of their shell a little bit yeah. if, if they're intimidated or, or whatever. So we try and just relax everybody and just yeah make them, make them comfortable as, as quick as possible but also uh, when they join in training they they realize quickly that it's it's intense. Everyone's like working hard, so that's like mm -hmm. the standard that's set. So I better I better get there. So sure. Yeah. It's just the way we are. You had essentially a position change, for what we saw anyway, uh, going towards the end of the season and going into the playoff run. Is do you have a place you like to play the most on the field, or do you just as long as you're out there, you'll do whatever they ask you to? Yeah, kind of. I think one of a. Uh, one of my strongest, uh, you know, points is that I can uh, play numerous positions. You mm. know, if I'm on the left, if I'm on the right, if I'm a ten, if I'm, you know, part of a two sixes, or if Hack had me as the eight, you know. Right. Um, I think there is aspects of every position that I like. You know, mm. uh, sure. if I'm on the left, I enjoy coming inside on my right foot. Maybe I can right. First, if I'm on the right, I have good service, so. Um, I try and just one touch out my feet and then get across in and stuff like that. If I'm a ten, I can slip. Now it is there is really good positives for each position, and I, I like absolutely. Uh, so I wouldn't say I have a favorite. I don't know. It's weird. I I like yeah, just playing. It doesn't really matter. To <laughs> There's me, nothing so. wrong with just like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. To I me, feel like honestly. it's probably a good sign, right? Like yeah. I just like playing. I don't care. It, it doesn't really matter. Um, we had a really good, when I was moved into the eight, I felt like we had a really good uh, understanding with myself, Paolo and, and Ilya towards mm, yeah. the end that um, it, made it, it made it quite easy for me yeah. to, I'm, I'm 
settle into that newer position, you know, it was kind of a little bit more worrying about what's behind me okay. than, than usual, but um, Hack kind of gave me the freedom to, to go forward because he knows uh, I have the, the engine to, to get back, so he kind of gave me free reign yeah. to, to join the attack, just make sure I, I get back, so I did. That makes sense. <laughs> Given how, and we've talked a little bit about it thus far, um, how dramatic of a season it was, right? I mean, we had coaching changes and injuries and, you know, we, you know, the U.S. Open Cup going as far as we've ever gone in the U.S. Open Cup, right? Was there ever a point where you thought to yourself that no matter what, we're going to win this? We can do this. Yeah, honestly, nobody, like, people on the outside, they will know, like, oh, they had, like, a coaching change and they know that oh that's weird our three players are, are gonna be coach you know and it is weird like, <laughs> <laughs> it, actually, it actually is mental like when you think uh, when, when i look back and i think about it it's actually mental like you know <laughs> but no other team could have done it no 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 other team could have done it uh the way everyone responded players uh even like the Brandon and stuff, mm. Scott, everyone who like stepped up and like helped in any way they could. It was like, it was amazing to see. I was, we joked, you know, there should have been like a, a 30 for 30 on it. Because you know, <laughs> I don't think it, it, it would have been worthwhile. Like, it is mental. And um, when we got uh, hacking and stuff like that, uh, yeah, there was, there was two, uh, when we, when we actually lost to Cincinnati, when it was raining and Ugh. and um, and they, when we didn't go on the next half or whatever the, the week, few days later or whatever, um, that's when I knew we were gonna win it. Okay. Um, the next day, the next train session, I remember saying to a few lads, I was like, we're gonna win this, like, because if you watch the game, we. We did dominate that game. Yeah. Completely and utterly. Like, we, we always say that it was it took a literal act of God for them to beat us. Yeah, and they they defended well. They did, they limited us in, in certain like moments or whatever, but we dominated the yep. ball. We, Completely. We were we were good that day. You Getting know, into good positions good, on the field, too. good players, like, who we thought were, were threats, like they, uh, Ledesma, we, we mm. uh, pointed out, he just kicked the ball long. Yeah, there was not he he had nothing happening in that game. So we so we were like, okay, these are uh like ten points ahead of us or whatever, but we are way better. Mm-hmm. So that game was like it gave me confidence anyway, seeing like what we did, even though we didn't get the the right result or whatever, but how we played, I was like, okay, I'm fully confident we're gonna win this. I just have a feeling. And I said it to like Brian Illich, mm-hmm. people in my corner, Luke and I, was, I have a feeling we're going to win this. And I was like, I don't want to jinx it, but I have a feeling we're going to win this. And this was, you know, maybe like five games out from the playoffs. Yeah. Maybe like six yeah. or seven, maybe. I yeah. don't know. But I just remember, like, that was what I was thinking. All right. I'm not going to lie to you. I had a very similar thought at around the same time. Yeah, I, you uh, did. I, uh, after the Toronto game, uh, which was just sort of like, Everything that could go wrong went wrong. Yeah. It didn't even necessarily play terribly. Just the things that could happen badly happened badly in that game. 
after that game, I, I, I said pretty publicly, they're going to win this thing again because yeah. this, is, this is not – this is a great team and they're going to round into form. Uh, I'm curious, though, about – and I haven't gotten to ask any of the players about this, so I want, I'm, I'm curious. Coach Hackworth comes in. You've had three and a half years of playing for Coach O'Connor, and then uh, you've had a couple of weeks, two months almost, of playing uh, with the triumvirate, as we mm-hmm. like to call them. <clears throat> and then Coach Hackworth comes in, and he is a, a very experienced head coach who probably has his own ways of wanting to do things that were different from what you guys did. How much of uh, what happened towards the end of the season and how you guys sort of developed and uh, everything gelled right at the right time, how much of that credit do you give to Coach Ackworth? And then how much at the same time do you think we're really good players who are used to playing together and, you know, he he was great, but we came together because we're really good? No, no, you, you need to give him a massive credit. Okay. Uh, because... Damn it! He, he, you know, <laughs> although although we are we are good, you know. Sure. And um, he watched before he came in. He was obviously watching a lot of games and stuff like that. And um, he immediately identified our defensive transition as being a problem um, for us. So when he came in, that was like one of the big things he wanted to change. Okay. Was um, when we lose the ball, how we need to transition. And he worked on that for, for a while. And almost immediately we saw the, the results of it. You know, we, we kind of bought into what he wanted us to do. And we noticed even in games, we would see like it paying off. Mm-hmm. Uh, we weren't getting scored on as often. Even though we know we'll have the ball quite a lot. Yeah. So we know teams will try and like, counter-attack and sure. stuff like that. Yeah. And obviously, in some games, I think like Charles and Ahon 2-2, they call yeah. us on the counter twice, you know, so... Uh, but stuff like that, he addressed immediately, and I think we all felt the, the benefits, like, straight away. I think it was spot on for him. I think he deserves massive credit. Great. I'm actually really thrilled to hear that. Yeah. I was worried he was going to be like, actually... He really held us back. Uh, I thought. I think. I that, actually hated him. I think I, that uh, if we had kept the the three player coaches, we probably would have won our last few games by a score of forty to nothing instead of what was it ended up being thirty seven to five or something along those lines over the last nine games. You guys couldn't really have played better uh, towards the end of the season. What does it feel like being on a team that's really clicking like that, where you really feel like we're going to win today and we're going to win how we want to win? It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. No, it is. Um, you, you get a feel for games, and obviously all the games are, are really tough, especially in the play in the playoffs. Sure. Or I think back to like North Carolina. Yeah. Um, that was kind of up to the playoffs as well. And um, when teams are really fighting for, you know, if they can get into the playoffs or if they mm. get home, a home berth right away. So. Um, they are good, good lessons going into the playoffs because they mean an awful lot for the other team. Right. Like, even though like we we may have had like our spot secured, but we played teams that were still fighting. You know, North Carolina right. had a chance to to get in there. You know, and Indy were fighting for a home slot as yeah. well. So, um, to be in a team where it's just it's just nice. <laughs> it's nice knowing that you know when it, when you go out there. Your teammates are gonna run themselves into the ground. And, right. Uh, that's 
That's nice. It's a nice feeling. Now, this might be a dumb question, but I've been curious about this and I haven't asked anybody yet. I haven't asked a player yet. How much did you want to see Cincinnati in the playoffs? Like, we always talk about, like, how great would it be yeah. to beat for us, for us, to beat Cincinnati in the play in their last playoffs of the USL, send them off to the MLS with the big FU. Mm-hmm. You, you'll you never be better than us. Like, how much did you want to see them in the yeah. playoffs? Yeah, we, we, we all wanted it. Yeah. <laughs> um, we all felt that if we got to play them at Nippert mm-hmm. yeah. uh, on a bigger field, you guys have been very good at Nippert. I think, yeah. <laughs> it's what we all it's what we all wanted. I think yeah. it would have been it would have been great. You know, they would have had like a, an amazing support, like mm-hmm. like always, and uh, it would have been nice to go up there. And, and I feel like we would have won. So God, that would have been. We all we all did. We wanted it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just because uh, I think it, it would have been, it would have been really cool for for the league, for yeah. for the fans. Yeah, I mean, more than anything, it was I a think, great I rivalry. Think, I mean, yeah, I think it would have been cool, you know, and yeah. I, they're really good as well. Yeah, you know, uh, I think it would have been a would have been a, a really good, good game, game. Um, and it would have been. We all wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm you glad to hear that. Yeah, it's it's all, it is. Nice. We all wanted it, but where we like. Happy to see them lose. Yeah. We mentioned at the outset that you are uh, Louisville City's all-time leader in caps, and that's got to be super cool. But uh, the question that I have related to that is, you had a pretty serious injury a couple of years ago. Do you feel like that you were fully back last year, or do you think that this year was when you fully put your health back together and really trusted the uh, your whole lower body again. No, I felt um, when we decided to do the operation, uh-huh. um, I talked to James and stuff, and uh, he really wanted me to get back for preseason the following year, mm-hmm. in 2017. Mm-hmm. And so Magnus had just had the same mm-hmm. operation. Okay. So we knew the time frame uh, that, that that would take for me to get back from date the surgery to being back involved training. So right. Uh, we decided that if I wanted to be back uh, trained, then I would be only able to play up to this point. Mm-hmm. So then we got. So it was pretty. It was painful, you know, to, sure. to be playing and stuff like that. But so then we decided to do it in, in September, I think it was, and I did it, and then uh, you know, lo and behold, I was back and made the trip down to Florida, and they did limit certain things, but I took part in you know eighty percent of the the. Drills, I guess, down there. Mm-hmm. Um, I played 45 minutes on the last. We only played one game down there, and it's right. on the last day. So I played. Everyone only played 45 minutes, so I was able to play. You know, so that was that was a big relief that I got through. That. And that was before the 2017 season. Yeah. Yeah. So I always felt comfortable. You because, felt because fine. Because Magnus had it, and I knew I yep. knew so much about the injury even before yep. I, I had it. Okay. Um, so it was good, and I, I stayed in Louisville as well. So I was with uh, Scott every day doing the rehab. So that was fantastic medical staff was, and yeah, conditioning that, that staff that we great, have here. So that was a big help, and yeah. 
was, I always felt good. Well, that ruins my theory then, because I really felt like that this past season, 2018, and if, if you disagree, that's obviously you know better than me, but I really felt like last year you had your best year on the field for Louisville City. Maybe I, it was just showing you last year. That's <laughs> not what I was saying. <laughs> well, what I was going to say, though, was that I'm curious then if, if you feel like 2018 was your best year on the field, and, and I, I certainly do. I thought yeah, you I played great it, all year. I would year. say it was. And if that's the case, what do you attribute your improvement to? Do you feel, because in my mind, and this was all just something, I never said it out loud to anybody. It's just, in my mind, I was like, 2017, first year back from an injury, maybe you don't always feel completely comfortable. Yeah. And I didn't think you played badly. I just thought that this past year you played wonderfully. What do you think yeah. it contributed to that improvement? Um, I think a solid run of games, I guess. Mm -hmm. James liked to, to rotate. Especially in like the, the, the tens, he had me playing uh, as, a, as a ten. He liked to rotate there. And sometimes he might be playing like one week, not playing the next week. So it's kind of hard to, to get a rhythm going, I guess. Okay. And then, uh, when Hack came in, uh, I was playing all the time. And I just felt really comfortable, really relaxed. Uh, and yeah, I was just able to go about my stuff, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a wonderful year that, uh, that obviously that the team had, but that you had individually also. And that's that's got to feel good. The team wants to bring you back. That's always got to feel good that uh, not only do you want to be back, but that they want you back. And especially with a new coach. Like I say, that you had played for three-plus years for one coach, and him wanting you back maybe doesn't say as much. Maybe it's just him saying, hey, this is one of my guys, I need him. But a new coach coming in and saying, I see what you're doing out there, and I gotta have you back. That's gotta feel good. Yeah, no, it does. It it shows the, the trust, I guess, and, and the faith, and that's kind of what you want. You want mm -hmm. coaches who, who want you, you know. So when when a new coach comes in, there is always that. Uh, will he bring in uh, his own like style of players or or what have you? You know, there is always that in the back of your mind. Uh, but again, credit to to Hack. He never he never. That was never a discussion for anybody. He was super happy with everybody. He he made that known. And yeah, it really put everyone at ease. I think that was big. That's great. I think that was huge for for the team. He didn't want to change mm -hmm. uh, much going like with the group, you know, because he he. It's knew. almost like it was already a championship team. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So he didn't he didn't want to change anything, and that was that was great. He kept everyone, everyone relaxed, and yeah, credit to Hack for that big time. Well. Andy has uh, just recently, as we've talked about on this show before, yeah. that he's just recently, A, gotten into Twitter. Unfortunately. And B, that he has just recently become a soccer fan. That uh, he's got four years in because of the four years of the squad. Yeah. I still really kind of don't understand how Twitter works. Like, I'm still, every day I try to get on and try to be active in Twitter, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, like, say stuff. And I get on, and I'm like... What? But what? But how do I? But how do? Um, so I'm looking for. I feel like I should have an additional club that I get behind, right? Mm -hmm. Now Lance McGarvey disagrees. Lance says that he supports Louisville City and he doesn't care if you are the English national team, if you are Real Madrid, if you are uh, Manchester United, he doesn't care. He's a loose City fan and all the other soccer teams can go but eat it. My argument against that for me personally is that obviously it's not just that I love Louisville City. Like I clearly enjoy watching 
the game of soccer, yeah. right? Like, like obviously, like it's a so thing it's that time I'm to like. watch more. It's time to watch more soccer. Now, I know that you are a Liverpool fan. Yes. So my question is, why should I? If you had to sell me on Liverpool, what's your best pitch? My best pitch, wow. <laughs> <laughs> If I was to talk about Liverpool, we would be here till next week. <laughs> um, I mean, the fans are just so good. I mean, you know, Scouts and, and all, you know. We do. Um, I just, being Dublin, you know, it's, it was always half Man United, half mm-hmm. Liverpool. That's basically all it was, you know. And then when Chelsea got bought by, by Mohamed, you had a few bandwagon yeah. jump on the now with us. Like, you know, seven years ago, I was up with City bandwagon again. <laughs> but, but it was always like Liverpool, Man United. Sure. Know? That was what it was, and it didn't matter. Like Monday to Friday, in school, as you know, nine-year-old or whatever, or in work, as an eighteen-year-old, that was the talk. You're standing there to next Friday. to a Man U fan all day, every day, having yeah, to that, hold that, your that own. Was, that was all it was, and it was it was great, you know. I remember like when I was a kid in the playground, we'd be drawn like lineups, you know. Who do you want? I just think it is great to see. It's great having that rivalry as well. Like, but Liverpool, I just think the people, uh, the support you have, the teams you have, the players you have. I think without sounding like envious because I'm not but like <laughs> people go on about you know, Guardiola and his, sure. his, I think he is a great he's obviously a great coach you know not like it's hard to get your teams to play the way he, he does yeah, but he also has he can get whoever he wants you know? more he, money than he, any he other can coach get whoever ever. he wants you know uh, other clubs they don't have that luxury. Although Liverpool have, like, they, they do okay. They do because they they have sold some big players in the past. Too. Sure. So Suarez got a lot of money. Boston players that sold Coutinho. Yeah. And bought in Van Dijk right. that money. You know. So we kind Which has been an amazing signing. Incredible. Uh, so I just think Liverpool have went about it kind of in the right way. Mm-hmm. Uh, City, I do like that. You know, as a fan of football, I, I enjoy watching them play. Mm. But I can't help. And I know Guardiola is a great coach, you know. There's no, but in, in the back of my head, I'm just thinking. I'm going to pause managed. you for a second, Niall, just so that we can want, do one thing. Pep Guardiola, Andy, is the manager of Manchester City. He which actually is the did other, that. You actually did know that. that. Yeah, I did some research coming into he it because uh-huh. I wanted to, like, uh-huh. yeah, I don't know. Well, he has always been, yeah, he managed Barcelona. They had. Pro- in my opinion, as much in money my, as anybody and as much talent as in anybody. In my opinion, ever. they're they're the best team I ever saw. Like that, that was like, an incredible club. That uh, that team, you know, Xavi, mm-hmm. Iniesta, Messi, basically, like you have Messi in the team. Basically, the, the, the goes, basically the Spanish national team with Lionel Messi. Then he goes That's to good. he goes to Munich, you know, by far the strongest team in Germany at yep. that at that, uh, that moment. They were blown away. Everybody away, everyone that, and now he goes to Man City. And where he has unlimited funds, and and like I said, it's it is not easy to you know get your players to play the way he does. So no. massive that, but I just feel he's been at the best club by far, wherever he's went. So I just think like Liverpool have went about it in the right way. Yeah, we have a really like passionate 
he's a funny coach, you know. Klopp is a funny Klopp coach. Klopp is a blast. Uh, you know, 96 minute winner there. I loved him running out it on the field. Great, you know, it was what you want to see. I think it's mm-hmm. it's good passion. I just think the fans are are incredible, and the team right now is very very exciting. I think. Be a Liverpool fan. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Be a now, fan. Now, now, ask me why you should be an Arsenal fan. Just okay. ask me. Why should I be an Arsenal fan? You shouldn't. It's kind of misery. Oh my gosh. It's kind of the most painful well, thing that you can go season, through every day. Season, you look quite good. We've been playing very well this year, and we might very possibly finish fourth. We're playing as well as mm-hmm. we've played in years, and we might yeah, finish fourth. I've been, I've been impressed with Arsenal. Like, I like Unai Emery. I think he's doing good things. But, uh, no, I think for my money as a uh, – Equal opportunity hater of all other clubs. I think that uh, I I hate Liverpool way less than I hate Manchester City. So, and and I hate Manchester City way less than I hate Man United. So it's all fine. And nothing compares to the unrivaled bitterness of uh, Arsenal fan to Tottenham. So, okay. uh, with don't root for Arsenal though. Just pick Liverpool. Okay. It's a good choice. And and our president president Tottenham didn't they? They did. Yep. See. See, hey, already. You look at you on the ball. You're flying. <laughs> <laughs> and and beat them is kind of a uh, we plastered them in yeah, the second it, half. It, it was, was great. Um. <clears throat> all right. All right. All right. So let's uh let's transition away from a little bit of this, and uh, we'll keep asking now uh, questions, but more at a reasonable pace now, and we'll talk. Uh, let's do some purple stuff. Yeah. You want to have a have a sip of purple a little stuff? Sip of purple stuff. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers, gentlemen. A little purple stuff. I'll tell you, Odeon knows their way around some purple stuff. They really do. That's that's not bad. They really, really do. Uh, mine's got a nice hint of orange to it tonight. All right, so uh, purple stuff news and notes. One, I don't know if you guys heard, but uh, Louisville City signed Niall McCabe to a contract. I did. Uh, that's exciting. Did you hear that, Niall McCabe? <laughs> uh, just, now. just now. We broke the news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Uh, they also, since we last spoke, uh, re-signed Napo Matoso to come and play with Sweet. the squad again this year, and uh, that'll be nice. I hope that he, we get to see some time from him out on the uh, out on the pitch because uh, everything I've heard and Niall would know way better uh, was that uh, he was a really great teammate in his time there and uh, showed a lot of talent. He's, he's good, man. Yeah, like, uh, it's obviously really difficult to come in mm-hmm. at the time he did, you know. And, but in the time he's been here, he's been he's been great. He has some talent and uh, a good preseason now. I'm, I'm sure you'll see. A full off season at IMG and uh, getting to play in the preseason games. Where do you expect us to see him the most on the field? Uh, I would say at work. Yeah. Oh, he's, okay. he's quite quick, tricky. Okay. Uh, but he can also play in the middle as well. Uh, hmm. He again, versatile. He's good. And he, he's got it. I've seen him play out wide. I've seen him play in the middle, and he looks comfortable. So uh, I don't want to put too much pressure on him, you know, <laughs> but he looks good, and he's a good lad. You know, He's fun to be around. And yeah. Well, that's great. Uh, third piece of purple stuff would be that the USL League meetings are currently underway in, uh, in Tampa, Florida. I know that uh, a couple of members of the Lou City front office went down there to represent. It's called Brad. See how they're going. Try to. I'll call him right now. Jet, we just want to see if we can get him on the yeah. on the phone. Brad, what are you doing, bud? I accidentally called him the other day. No, you didn't. I've you completely don't accidentally fr- called I called him, him on purpose, but I accidentally <laughs> called him while he was in the middle of a meeting. I felt like a jerk. Um, so uh, 
the league meetings are going on, and a lot of interesting stuff is being covered by all this. I think that they're going to release a pretty good press release when everything's said and done with most of what occurred. But I'm sure that a big topic of conversation during these league meetings is number four uh, of Purple Stuff, which would be that uh, the USL players have formed, for the first time ever in second division soccer uh, in the United States, have formed their own union. Uh, Nile, without uh, putting you too much on the spot here, how do you feel about that? Uh, how involved do you anticipate everybody being, and what do you hope that they might accomplish? Yeah, it, uh, it's been something that's been in the works for, for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, even as far back as, as year one, I remember uh, I had conversations with, with Fondy about it, mm -hmm. and they were trying to you know, get something going, and they kind of, every, every year kind of, was hard start the season. Built a little and then fell. So. Never heard that. So um, this year, well, all last year, I, we were hearing about it and we were discussing it. And yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that it's a. Uh, it's finally, finally set up, and the USL were they acknowledged it and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So I think it's really positive going forward, and um, especially, you know, you see cases like uh, with Tommy. Uh, yeah. At Cincinnati, just. Uh, Tommy Heineman, yeah, yeah. yeah, just player welfare, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess over here unions are kind of. It just depends. Back, back yeah, home, yeah. Back home unions are. You know, they're, they're normal. It's just it's part a, of the it's a normal right. part of society. You know, I guess so. Uh, for me, when, as soon as you had. I heard union, I was uh, like, okay, good. Yeah. I've and managed at some union shops and I've managed at places that uh, never unionized. I managed at one place that was actually forming a union while I was there. And uh, I, I think that it really depends on who's, who's leading it mm -hmm. and what the goals are. Yeah. Because uh, some unions, the goal is to sort of try to, you know, screw the employer because of all the times that the employer's employees have been screwed. Yeah. And if that's the attitude, then it's it's yeah, generally it's going to be looked at better. Yeah. But if the goal is simply to make work conditions better and to make sure that uh, quality of life for the players is better, then I think that's a goal that everybody should be able to get behind. Absolutely. And I'm hopeful that uh, we see some good things out of mm -hmm. this uh, out of this. For sure. And maybe a couple of you know extra box seats for me. I don't know how. I'm just saying if they can <laughs> arrange <down>. that. <laughs> if they can arrange that, I won't be mad at them. Uh, <laughs> so. After the union signing, after the union announcement, we also got news that uh, Louisville City has uh, announced and chosen contractors mm -hmm. to build the stadium. Now, this is actually kind of old news. I think this happened basically a day after we recorded yeah. last week. And so this is kind of old news, but they uh, have signed uh, Messer and, uh, oh, for goodness sakes. Harmon, I'm sorry about that. Uh, Messer Harmon, a joint venture uh, between uh, both a Louisville firm and a J-Town firm to come in and uh, build the new stadium. Yeah. And I got to go to the press conference announcement of when they did that, and it was really great. I thought, for one thing, it was like 24 degrees and snowing a little bit during the announcement, and the guys were already out there working. Nice. And uh, during the announcement, they said that they'll be digging holes and laying concrete and putting in rebar and creating a foundation for the stadium until probably February, mid-February. And then after that, we'll start seeing superstructure go up. So by the time opening exciting. day rolls around on March 9th this season, we may be able to see 
actual like you know Stuff. construction. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything more exciting. Niall mentioned when we talked about why he decided to sign back on was the part of the reason was the building of this stadium. And I don't think there's anything more exciting than the idea that all year this year we're going to show up to Slugger to cheer on the guys for 2019. And that whole time we're going to be driving by a stadium that is yeah. growing and growing and yeah. growing. Yeah. It's like the ultimate marketing ploy. It is. It's going to be fantastic and to see it go up. And, and I think that the most exciting aspect of that to me is by the time the end of the season rolls around, I won't put any kind of playoff juju on you guys about what, whether or not you make it and how you do. So I'll just say by the end of the season – It'll be a mostly built-looking stadium. Yeah. Like, that's what this – it won't be done. There will be months of work left to do. But from the outside, it'll basically look like a stadium that's done. Do you think they'll let us do a podcast from the yeah, construction? Yeah, I do. I do think that they'll let us do that. Okay, are you saying that because you know they will? Or are you saying I'm that saying because that because confident that you can weasel our way into – I'm saying that because I know that they will. Okay. So, yes, we will be doing at least one podcast from the construction site, which will be exciting and fun. I imagine we'll have to have somebody uh, reasonably important on or else they'll kick us out. But uh, we'll do our best to have a good pod that night. Um, but So they picked the contractors, which is great. We understand a little better the timeline of the stadium going up, which is great. Uh, one thing that that leads me to wonder, Niall, is what do you want to see the most in a new stadium? Like, is the pitch the most important thing to you? Is the locker room the most important thing to you? Is, uh, you know... How good Scouse's house looks, the most important thing to you. Which is a completely reasonable answer, just to let you know. I think, <laughs> I think the grass, uh, that's my bread and butter, so <laughs> I think if that's nice and, and the dimensions of the field are, are adequate, yeah. I think that's something I would like to see. I think, yeah, I, I already know the locker room, like the new stadium, everything's going to be amazing. Uh, it's going to be immaculate. Um, it's just, it's going to be insanely nice. Um, one thing I would like to see, um, I know with Wayne of late, I would like to see, I know the work, I've been here since year one, so I know the work he did to get the team here and uh, the, with the Coopers originally and stuff like that and all that. I would like to see the uh, Coopers in, renamed, uh, you know, the Stoke and Sure. Or the Wayne and Stockholm stand or something like that. I think yeah. that would be fitting. Yeah. Um, I know the stadium sponsorship and stuff like that is is quite a big thing, but um, back home and stuff, naming naming stands is quite common, you know. And I right. Think for the work he did, I think it's it's fitting. Yeah. Well, I I uh, I think it has the appropriate time to mention it then because uh, it was sort of what I was gonna save for the end because uh, it's uh, it's it's a complete tragedy. And it's about as sad of anything as you can possibly imagine. Uh, the the final piece of uh, Purple Stuff uh, news is easily the most important thing that's happened to Louisville City Football Club uh, outside of uh, really anything. Uh, the, the man who, outside of the Coopers, did the most to bring this club to Louisville, the man who the Coopers approached and who approached them, uh, Wayne Estopinal, has passed away. Uh, he died tragically. Uh, I'm sure that if you're listening to this podcast, then you followed along with uh, everything that occurred. It was a tragic uh, plane accident. And uh, I know that 
Scouse and the Coopers and uh, the Ultras and the Heretics and the Black Sheep and the entire Purple family has all been uh, stating their support for uh, the family and uh, throwing out all, everything they could possibly say to uh, offer condolences and and to express what he meant to this club. And not just what he meant to this club, but he meant to the USL in general. For everything he did in Orlando and then everything he did here in Louisville, uh, he is... Uh, a pioneer in uh, lower division soccer in the United States and a great fan, a great owner. And uh, as a per, I, I, I spoke to Mr. Estopinal probably 10 to 15 times in my life. And every time he acted like we were the oldest of friends, he was never anything but kind and generous to me. And uh, I can't imagine what uh, the players and the front office are going through. Niall, I, I won't ask. I'll just say that if you had anything you wanted to say about it, please go right ahead. Yeah, no, well, yeah. Obviously, year one, you know, Wayne was always about. And um, I had always had really good conversations and stuff like that. But more so, actually, when I had surgery, uh, when I was up in the, up in the stands, uh, Wayne was always up there and always... Uh, on my way to my seat, he would be sitting in his his seat watching watching the game. I would always he would always call me over and ask how how my hip was doing, mm -hmm. and, and we would talk a bit about the team and the game. And then I would go, my wife would be looking to see where I am and stuff. And yeah, but yeah, he'll be missed for sure. It's uh, he's you know, the reason the team was was brought here, and it's just incredibly sad. And yeah, I do hope that you know. The Stoltenal land or, or the Wayne Stoltenal stand will, will come to fruition. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about what they should do to honor him for the club. Obviously, uh, he's meant everything to this organization. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I think that I, one would imagine we'll see a patch on the jerseys this year. One would hope that we name one of the new stands, or the. Uh, some people have suggested that they name the pitch after him, not the stadium because that's worth so much, but uh, within that stadium, the pitch, the Wayne Estoppel Field, or whatever. Yeah, I just got the feeling, you know, with the relationship with Wayne and the Coopers, and mm -hmm. how they how they came together. It would be great. I think the, where the Coopers will be in the in the in the stadium, I think that would be fitting. I, I couldn't agree with you more, and uh, but I also know I trust this organization to make a, a good and classy mm -hmm. decision about that sort of, of thing. And so uh, whatever they end up deciding to do to honor him, I've already seen you know banners around town, not even just on buildings that Lou City is associated with, but they've paid paid to have you know uh, banners put up and uh, electronic billboards put mm -hmm. up uh, honoring him, which has been a very nice touch. And uh, he will be sorely missed, and that's. There's nothing good to say about a tragedy like this. So uh, just all the best to his uh, family, and uh, thanks so much to everything he did for this club. Yeah. For sure. <sighs> well, that's a super fun way to try to transition now. Yeah. Um, I will uh, I'll say that uh, the only other thing that I had to discuss in terms of news and notes was uh, one other player signing of particular note which is uh, that uh, player who played with Nile for three straight seasons, uh, one of the original Lou City uh, roster members, uh, Ilya Illich, has signed with Indy 11. So he'll be playing in uh, Lipask, the Louisville-Indianapolis yeah. Proximity mm -hmm. Association football contest, on the opposite side of the field next year. Uh, now you played with him for three-plus years, four years, uh, 
what what does it feel like to you to to, to watch him somebody go somewhere else? Yeah, I, this I think this will be like the first time in like eight years. Really? really? Oh, for goodness sakes! Yeah, young. Yeah. I, I completely forgot that you played with him previous is, to that. Yeah, first time. Not we actually sat beside each other in college. In college, it was you know one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Sure. Yeah. 10, <laughs> eight, you know? So and now we're in uh, we sit beside each other in a. Uh, in our locker room here, so this is going to be the first time in, you know, God knows when. A decade, since, yeah. yeah. Since, since I won't be beside him, but, um, yeah, what a player, what a guy. Yeah. Um, didn't, uh, probably doesn't get the credit he deserves, but. A crowd yeah, favorite, for sure. Oh, yeah. They are getting, they're getting a player, and Indy, you know, I said on Twitter or whatever, they, they think they're getting a good player, they just don't know how good they're well, going to be surprised. Even if they think they're getting a great player, they're going to be surprised because the the person he is as well. On top of that, it's uh, I can't speak highly enough of him, honestly. The crowd favorites of players that have played for Lucidity, even when they move on, there's a tendency to continue cheering for them oh, yeah. uh, for the for the club. I know that everybody has been uh, strong supporters of uh, Sean Reynolds ever mm-hmm. since he left. Uh, he was an enormous crowd favorite, and I know that uh, uh, people obviously have continued rooting for uh, Mark Anthony Kay mm-hmm. since he went to L.A., yep. and uh, I have no doubt that people will be rooting for Burke and Fondy when they're playing for Oakland next season. Yeah. Uh, but the it's got to be it's going to be a different animal from with with Ilya, who's been such a permanent fixture as a member of this community and uh, mm-hmm. of this soccer fanhood. I, I don't know how I'm going to feel watching him line up on the other side of the field. It's gonna be it's gonna be crazy, and like it's it's it is it's gonna be weird, you know. But that's that's how football goes sometimes, you know. Um, I hope he has an unbelievable season, scores six hundred goals, and loses to Louisville I'm City zero. every yeah. single <laughs> and loses to Louisville I City like every single gonna, time. Kind of solidify that rivalry, though. I mean, that's I feel like next season that's gonna be our rival mm-hmm. is Indy Eleven, and yeah. this is one. Of the, this was like. The cherry on top. Yeah, I think so. I think especially after they signed a couple of players from Cincinnati, from Cincinnati today. Yeah, so I think with them being so close as well, it's it makes for a good a good rivalry. Everything you know, we had the way you know since we had Kadeem and, and Quinny go there, so that was mm-hmm. like added to it. And now you've got you know Illy going up there, and they signed a couple more guys from uh, from Cincy. But I think yeah, when we we played them back to back towards the end of the season. You could really feel mm-hmm. there was like that rivalry. Was, sure, was there, yeah, you know? yeah, it was. It was a good energy. Yeah, it was real good. Both both fans were were really good. You know, they traveled in good numbers mm-hmm. as well. And um, I remember the amount that came up to a uh, Lucas Oil. And on, that was on, on Derby Day. Yeah, that was yeah. awesome to see. It was a brutal so, trip to make up. Yeah, I think uh, I think it'll be good. You know, again, things like this is good for the league and stuff. So. Yeah. Well, that's been one thing I've been curious about, too, that I forgot to ask, is that you, not only have you been in with Louisville City for the last four years, you've been in the USL, and they're having their league meetings now. What kind of differences are you noticing in sort of the quality of player, the quality of team in the league? It seems to me like it's gotten consistently better each year. Yeah, the, the teams are getting better. People are pumping more into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I don't know what, what the league does. I guess we have 
parking sponsors now. Like, <laughs> and cleaning sponsors yeah, and uh, a lot of sponsors. If they can sell it, if they can sell something, they're going to sell it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I heard they're going to start requiring you to use one specific hair gel this year too. Oh, so. like, I don't know. They're obviously like they're obviously <coughs> doing good work, you know. Right. Like more teams come in and, and stuff like that. I, I don't know. I guess I'd like to see more done for the players. I guess. Yeah. I don't know what, but. But hopefully I that's what something more, right, you know? yeah. But hopefully that's what um, this union partnership is yeah, going to help be able to drive. Or, like, I don't know when I see stuff like just they have a parking sponsor. I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I think that was everybody's reaction. <laughs> yeah, I, like it, it's Rome wasn't know, built in a day, whatever. you know. <laughs> like I don't know, get your money, whatever. Yeah. Uh -huh. And hopefully, though, and I've said about the USL from the beginning, though, a rising tide rises all, raises all boats, and hopefully uh, the better and better mm -hmm. that the USL does, uh, yeah. the, the more and more money we'll see going into facilities, the more and more yeah. money we'll see going into players' pockets. And that's what you see. You see, like, the amount of, uh, you know, soccer-specific stadiums that, that people are building and have built, you know. We're building ours, and Phoenix have built good, mm -hmm. and... Well, Monarchs built a good one, yeah. you know, Tampa re renovated the yeah. Lang and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, they, they are I, from, I think the, the major rebrand was my first year. So 2015 was when they got a big, big rebrand. And that was uh, huge, you know. Yeah. They brought the number of teams up massively mm -hmm. and then they've been steadily increasing. But not only increasing teams, they've been putting them in really good areas in like, football hotbeds you know right. which has been really clever on their part and, and it's really boosted you know attendances and stuff like that and, and yeah like you know rising tide raises all boats I suppose and uh, it's, the difference is massive you're getting so many teams and and so many quality teams as well with good, good fan bases mm -hmm. sprouting up out of nothing and it's just all, all of a sudden it's the rise which is so it's great to see like, it is great to see I went back and watched uh, a playoff game from the 2015 season, uh, the first game, not the conference final, but the uh, the first playoff game Is from. Chasm? Yes, uh, I went back and watched that like a week before the playoffs started uh, this year, and uh, I remembered thinking that the quality of soccer, regardless Lou City or whoever you were playing or whatever was going on, the quality of soccer of this season's playoffs versus the quality of soccer that we got to watch in that season. I feel like it, it's it's night and day yeah, in yeah. terms of just the quality of the league, yeah. uh, and that's that's encouraging to me. That uh, the better the league gets, uh, the more quality players it'll attract. That's it. And uh, the more quality players it attracts, the more fans it'll bring in. And that's exactly. All you can ask goes, for. I feel like you know, any one of our our players could could easily make the jump up. You know. Yeah. Um, same for a lot of teams. Like we've played against some really good teams, really good players. So mm. there is, for sure, like MLS quality. They just need um, GMs or scouting to give give them a chance, you know, mm. or give them an opportunity. Because you see what happens when players do. Mark got his opportunity. Sure. He, he was by far one of LA's best players. I think that he had a real shot yeah. at being Rookie of the Year this yeah, year had he not been injured. He gets injured, you know. Yeah. So. And yeah, they just need to. Yeah, would you? Would you? For me, I come from a different like 
area, you know. So uh, the whole drafting is not right. It's not right, a thing, right. you know. So for me, it's like unless he's like a a stud coming out of college where everyone's kind of after him, and he's, mm-hmm. you, you know he's gonna impact your team. But like for me, would you rather like a somebody who's proven himself at like professional? Yeah, it might be USL level, but this person sure. has proved himself mm-hmm. at U. USL level as for example if it was us now you just won it back to back would you rather yeah. somebody like that or a, a championship pedigree like, yeah yeah. guy coming out of college you know, who may not who might there. look good in his shorts but maybe he doesn't have the same so, quality I, I think stuff like that could could do it look, be looked at well you definitely don't need to try to convince Andy and I who, uh, who said frankly it was particularly after the New England Revolution game this season where it was clear that not only were you guys the better team that night, but that it looked like the better individual players last night, uh, that night. And I don't particularly care what you want to say about what type of roster they fielded for that evening. They put, you know, four regular starters on the field, and every other one of those players is an MLS player. And it still didn't look to me like... It looked to me like that not only was it a better team that you guys that you guys were, but also that the players were better. Yeah. So for me, um, I think what separates the MLS teams uh, is the the DPs. I think they make a huge a huge difference. Mm-hmm. I think if you know Louisville had you know Martinez, sure. Alvaron, you right. know, yeah. and a few other like DPs, I think. Yeah, they'll for sure win some MLS games. Yeah, absolutely. I, just, I, just, yeah. I feel so strongly about the group we have. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, give us five deep, top DPs, okay, or whatever. How many are allowed? I don't even know. But I just think that's the big difference. And yeah, New England, they were, they were good. We were good. It was a good yeah. game, really good game. I think the goals we gave them were really poor. And, and we scored some really good goals. Yeah. And yeah, I just think. I, was, I, think it, I think if any team came and gave, you know, any of our guys a chance, they wouldn't be disappointed for sure. I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, we were going, we were going, not no longer. I'm, I'm calling an audible right now. We were going to do our uh, review of our defensive uh, center backs today. Uh, I was looking forward to that. Oh well, then we'll, we'll do we it. We'll do it very briefly. Yeah, if you've got, if you've got the time, we've got the energy. Yeah, so, go for it. Uh, we were going to do our center backs review, and so uh, we'll say. Uh, we enjoyed doing the the goalkeeping review two weeks ago, talking about how the guys did this season and how how pleased we were with everybody's performance. Uh, we're we're just not very critical, and the reason we're not very critical has very little to do with us not wanting to be critical. There hadn't been much to be critical of. Yeah. Uh, and this season, uh, if we're specifically talking about what we're gonna call our center backs, we're gonna obviously be talking about Paco. We're gonna talk about Sean Tosh, our Hulk. We're going to be talking about uh, Pat McMahon, and we're going to be talking about Alexi Swahi. Uh, McMahon, I think you could probably, if you chose to, classify him as a wing, but uh, I, I mean as a wing back. But I feel like uh, he played enough in the three back system that we'll call him that. So the season starts off, and you guys are playing in a three back system, much like the system that won the championship the season before, mm-hmm. and that leaves uh, Paco, Sean, Tosh, and Pat McMahon playing across the back of the line. And the first six games of the season, I think, gave up one goal. 
Uh, a lot of it was possession-based, though, from the midfield, uh, keeping the ball away from the, de- from the offense, uh, from the oppo- opposition, as much as it was uh, the defense playing immaculately. But I think that that's a specific kind of challenge. Uh, that when you are a team that possesses the ball as much as Lou City has in some of these games, especially against some of the uh, less accomplished teams where you guys are having 70, nearly 80% possession, to keep your focus as a center back in situations like that has got to be just brutal. Yeah, no, there's, yeah. I don't know, I wouldn't know. <laughs> Have you ever played on a back line? No. Okay. Uh, but they always do say to us, like, uh, that we do a good job, they always compliment us. Mm-hmm. That our pressure up top is quite good, so it helps them out a lot. Yeah, so they're, right, yeah. they're grateful for that. Well, I'm sure not having to play as much defense is probably extremely yeah. helpful. But then when you're constantly defending against the break as opposed to defending yeah. against sort of a set-up offense where you can look and sort of, all right, I'm here, he's there, i got to mark this channel, I've got to cover this guy here as opposed to, holy crap, they're going by me right now. Uh, I imagine that's its own kind of special challenge. And I thought that the three of them did great, especially for the first six games, and they mostly played together in that role at that point. Uh, Started going through a couple more challenges, and also that was about the time of the season where we started playing a lot of games in uh, in succession and started seeing a little bit more rotation. Alexi started getting some time around that point. you also were seeing some rotation of who was playing on in which spot along the back line at that point. And uh, I thought that for the most part, they handled themselves well. I thought Sean Tosh actually was probably the best of the lot at that juncture, sort of the yeah. early middle part of the season. Paco plays consistently great, and I don't have any complaints, but I thought that was uh, Sean Hulk's yeah. best part of the season where he was really – he was being physical with people. He was muscling guys off the ball uh, and using his speed. Is he? Hit that banger against St. Louis. Oh, man, with in the rocket. And it really looked like he just shot because nobody said not yeah. to. Uh, yeah. Top left corner, and it was a rocket. Uh, one of the goals of the season. It was incredible also. That was in the U.S. Open match. And uh, the it was incredible that in the, in the New England game, almost from the exact same spot as where Owen B. hit his. And Weird. It was. Weird. In Lynn Stadium, same corner, same spot on the field. Two clearing incredible out, goals. Clearing out the cobwebs, the two of them. Uh, at that point in the season, we started seeing less and less of Pat McMahon. Uh, I think that... It's hard to judge Pat McMahon's season based off of that because I don't think that I ever saw him make a single glaring mistake throughout the year. It was not like he ever messed up. Uh, uh, We talked on the pod that I hoped early in the year, before we'd met any of these guys, uh, (laughs) I hoped early in the year that uh, I hoped that by the end of the season, uh, Alexi had taken that third spot on the back line, not because Pat McMahon wasn't good enough, but that because that would mean that Alexi had uh, gained enough confidence to take that role because he's probably a more athletic and uh, more dynamic player. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just so happened that shortly before his exit from the team, Coach O'Connor starts switching you guys a little bit to a back four instead of just to a back three, and then the triumvirate in particular starts playing significantly more in a back four, and that's all Coach Hack played. Yeah. And during that time period, that's you're not going to move Kyle or Oscar off of one of those uh, off of those wing spots, and so instead you're stuck 
with the idea that you're only going to play two of these three guys who've all clearly earned spots. Yeah. Really four guys who've clearly earned spots. And uh, that means that somebody's going to be the odd man out. And the odd man out, particularly during the Coach Hackworth era, was uh, Sean Tosh. Uh, that was really tough for Scouse's house in particular. Yeah, he's a favorite. He's a, a favorite of ours personally and then also a favorite of our uh, supporters group mm-hmm. in terms of uh, how magnanimous he's been with us, how uh, generous he's been with his time, and uh, he's easily fun to watch. And it was tough to see him start losing some space. It's time. His, I think it's, it's his physicality that makes him, that sets him apart as far as how fun he is to watch because you see people try to muscle him and it's like, it's. Well, he this plays 6'4 and he's not 6'4. And that's that's fun for us to be able to witness as somebody who doesn't look uh, doesn't look enormous, but he he, pull, yeah. he bullies guys off the ball oh, yeah. like he is, and that's that's fun. He, he was a fearless back uh, center back, and that's that's always fun to watch. But at that point, we have to start talking about the fact that Alexi Swahi took his spot because Alexi played great. Uh, oh yeah, I mean watching the evolution of Alexi Swahi from game one. All the way through, it was it was just, it was awesome. It was the, incredible. Uh, you could feel him gaining confidence. You could feel him making better decisions, which I think was probably the knock on him early in the season was that he was sometimes maybe not as sure with his outlet passing. Uh, he was maybe not sometimes taking risks he didn't need to be taking. And by the end of the season, uh, I'm not positive that there was a better center back pairing no. in America. I'm not talking about USL. I'm talking about in the United States of America than Alexi and uh, Paco playing together. They they just looked completely in control of the middle of the field for the final 10 weeks of that season. I, I, I can't imagine what it was like to go up against those guys. No, no. When, I, when it came down to them, there was never a, a point where, like when clearly the ball in the game was coming down to them. There was never a point where you were nervous about it. You're like, oh, well, they're going to take care of this. And I'll make my uh, my, my final statement, and then we'll start uh, annoying Niall with some questions about what it's like playing against these guys. But uh, <laughs> the uh, you cannot say enough about Paco Craig, what he's meant for this club, what he has done as a center back in general, what he the quality of play that he's had has been incredible. He's been a joy to watch play defense. Yeah. Some of the tackles that he made in the box uh, this season were game savers. Yeah. Some of the the clearance off the line in the Open Cup match comes to mind, uh, and that's that. You're just talking about the superstar plays there, and he his confidence in the middle of the field and when he chose to go make a play versus when he chose to keep position. I felt completely confident in him the entire season. Yeah. Uh, it, it hurts that he's not re-signed with the club. It seems, on our side anyway, it seems less and less likely as the days go by that he is likely to re-sign with the club. Uh, I will not press Nile on that at all about what he knows or doesn't, but I'll say that uh, everybody hopes that he comes back and uh, if he does not, we wish him all the Absolutely. best in his future endeavors. Absolutely. But I feel great about a four-man back line next year mm-hmm. of probably Sean Francis and Oscar if Kyle doesn't rejoin us. And then Sean and Alexi in the middle sounds really sounds yeah. really strong. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's exciting to know that we're going to have a back line that has been as competent as it has been for the last two-plus seasons. Niall... Uh, a, feel free to disagree with any of our analysis whatsoever, but uh, B, 
You played against these guys every day in practice. Uh, let's talk first about Alexi and what you saw change in him throughout the year. Did From the time he shows up as a raw rookie to the championship game, where what did you see in him? Um, he obviously had tremendous growth, you know, um, and that does take time, you know. Mm. College, is, it's completely different, you know. Um, I'm not only going to, you know, just just a USL team, you're going to the champs, the, the USL, the USL team, team, you know. Yeah. So that does take uh, a bit of growth, but also uh, if you want to start uh, for this team, you have to shift some some big players, you know. And um, you know, Pat, Tosh, Paco, Alexi, they're all great, you know. Mm-hmm. And the other boys have been around the league for a little while longer than, than him so it does take um, a little it does take a little bit to find yourself almost you know um, and then when he did uh, he obviously took over both hands and he, he was great you know um, the thing that you guys won't know is you know towards the end we were having like you know scout team versus you know who's going to start that weekend on, on a Thursday we play honestly for about seven weeks we got stuffed <laughs> every every session scout team was taking it to you stuffed <laughs> like, wow it was it was a joke like we were getting destroyed that's funny Jeez. that's cool to know and I love that and I was like, like <laughs> and that just goes to show like what we have you the know? quality yeah. up and like, down that roster had, like Jamaican internationals you know, on the yeah, bench. On the bench. Like, you know, it's, it's crazy. And no other team would, would have that, you know. Um, so you, when you come up against them, you know, like, they could start literally anywhere else yeah. Yeah. in the league. Um, so it was really fun to see how he grew and he scored some goals at important times, which I think helped uh, his confidence as well. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was, it was awesome. Um, you know, Paco. Um, I don't know who does the awards or whatever. Not winning is still annoying me. Yeah. So, I've played against you know every centre back. You know, I've yeah. seen I've seen a lot. Paco is by far the best centre back in yourself. I don't think like, you, you know, get no argument from me. No, it, is, no. it is not. It's not even up for debate. Like I don't know how. He didn't win it. Who won it? I didn't even Forrest look. Lasso from Cincinnati won it. It is insane. Yeah. That Paco didn't win it. Like, yeah. it's... He has everything. Everything you want as a centre-back, he has it. And... For him not to win it, I just... Same it, with Ilya not getting in any team. Not getting on the it's, second it's, team it's, at least was cra- ridiculous. It's, it's crazy, but whatever. Um, we talked. We talked not long ago about uh, the idea that the the individual awards didn't go the way they absolutely should have in this particular do, instance. Though. Yeah. In uh, every year I've been here, they never do. So it's it's not not something we're like shocked about. You know? Sure. Right. It was like when it was released and everyone like, just annoying. Who judges you know? them? It's like oh. <laughs> it's. It's a uh, it's a panel technically of uh, and the the percentage of I think it's like a specific percentage is coaches a specific percentage is media 
and then it's the league office itself. I well, think. I would like to talk to all of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, because Agreed. I'm not saying like, oh, we deserve like, but there's clear like issues. Right. Know? There's clear issues um, in that because either they don't watch football or whoever the, the, the league or whoever they're not watching enough football or the media they're not maybe they have like baseball and, and football you look at, sports right. to, to do also they're not you, watching enough football you right? watch, they watched 10 games and then read the stats for yeah the and that's why I feel a lot of stats you know yeah. get out of here with that nonsense and, that, and that's sort of what I was hoping to try to get across talking specifically about Paco about how it was the plays that he chose to make or chose not to make that is the mark to me of an unbelievable defender is knowing when to pick your spots yeah. that I felt always like if he can get to that ball he's going to go after it and if he can't he's not and he's going to shut down that passing lane and make yeah. that guy go wide when he wanted to go to the middle same, and, same with Greg, Greg yes Greg Unbelievable Again, goalkeeper. Comfortably the best goalkeeper in the league. There you go. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Comfortably the best centre back. It's not like for me. It's it's. We felt completely right and just in saying that on the first and second teams in the USL, it could easily have been seven Lou City players, maybe eight Lou City yeah. players. Probably not Niall McCabe, but everybody else from the starting line. <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. For me, it, it some incredible, matter. an it incredible matter, talent you know, though but, that you guys put out there. Yeah, we we do. But the whole like we were just like when it was was released, and it's just the same thing. It's just oh, same again. And we laugh about it and stuff like that. But if you actually think about it and like, give it, now I'm actually giving it more thought than I ever have. Uh huh. It's actually crazy. It is. But, Whatever. We, well, we won the club, so and that was, go. That yeah. was exactly what I was going to say, is that uh, we talked about how Cameron for Player of the Year, Paco for, uh, yeah, Paco for uh, uh, Defender of the Year, Greg for Keeper of the Year, uh, all of those in particular, Ilya and Oscar getting snubbed also uh, from, team, from the first or second teams of the year. Uh, we felt Paolo, for God's sakes. Uh, we felt confident saying that every single one of them would have traded the cup for being on one of those teams or it would have Absolutely. been it. And yeah. that's so much fun for fans, though, is to know that, yeah, yeah, you guys are incredible and you deserve awards, but you guys would rather have yeah. the cup, and that makes yeah. it easy for us like, to for root me, for you. For me, like, okay, look, Ledesma... Um, great year. Great year. Uh, I think it like, what, 15 and 15? Uh, 16 and 15, yeah. Okay. Great year. He, t- he takes everything. Yeah. He takes the corners, he takes the free kicks. Yeah. Takes everything. Yeah. Ilya, 13 and 12, 13 Did and 11. Didn't, didn't take, take Doesn't take any set pieces. He yeah. took a couple of penalties. That was it, you know? Yeah. I think it was and three penalty cases this year. That's look it. at stuff like that, you know? Yeah. But if, if you're taking like every set piece, you'll have obviously more uh, chances to, to think. Not but a single like, corner, MVP, not a single MVP, like, I, I, I take similarities between, you know, uh, last year with the, in the Premier League with De Bruyne oh, versus, absolutely. versus Salah, yeah. you know? Yeah. Obviously, De Bruyne had incredible year, but the fact that Salah broke the English record... Yeah. It's got to mean something. You know, Cam broke the, the USL record. There you go. That's got to yeah. mean it. And it's, it's not... It's just, just the way it is. And it's not like he was playing on some scrub team where everything was being played through him either. Mm-hmm. The, goal dis- the goal distribution was still strong. Yep. <sighs> All right. 
I feel better. That's my having, opinion. I feel better it. having talked about all of that. That's my good. opinion. Um, good. But overall, I give the I give the defenders for this season for our guy for our uh, center backs. I give them a solid A score across the board. I don't think that you can possibly watch the season and feel like uh, they didn't play well. Obviously, all of them made mistakes throughout the year, but that's every center back. That's every player in the right. world. Defenders, it's highlighted more, you know. You make a mistake. Because if you make a mistake, something bad might actually happen. If right. I make a mistake as I'm playing a, as a 10, you know, there's like oh, man, I gave seven the ball away. people behind yeah. me, yeah. you know, so I could be good, you know. Well, and that's the other half of it, though, too, is that if you do something incredible, we get to see it as a goal yeah. or as an incredible assist. If they do something incredible, it's like, oh, good job. Yeah. Right. You did your job yeah. right. And uh, so it's it's they, a lonely world for yeah, them. It's very much the, the unsung heroes. Yeah, they definitely you know? go under the radar, you know, right. uh, to the untrained eye, I suppose. And, uh, they, they don't get enough credit, I think. So, yeah, shout out to the defenders for sure. And I feel good about the what we're bringing back for next year. I'm really excited about that. Uh, I am. I, I'm. I'm kind of done. I do have one thing that has been occurring to me that I wanted to ask you about for uh, to sort of close out because I'm curious about it. We mentioned Cam and uh, the record scoring season, and that's great. And Luke was obviously one of the triumvirate. He got hurt and missed a significant chunk of the season. He was the starter of the year before for most of the season. He starts the cup final and gets the goal, the fairy tale ending to an unbelievable season. More of your 30 for 30 idea. But uh, email ESPN. As of today, as of right now when we're recording, there's one striker on the roster. One pure striker on the roster. You have anybody in your head that uh, you're lobbying for the team to, uh, to bring in? Do you uh, are you saying, hey, I can be a number nine? Let me get up there. Uh, what, what's... I, was, I was hoping they would sign Davo V, you know, when he <laughs> saw left New York. You know? uh-huh. uh, no, nah, I'm sure Hack has he does his homework, you know. So I'm sure he has a couple of guys, you know, to go along with Luke and yeah, whoever he brings in, you know, we have trust, you know, trust in Hack and. That's the best possible way. You guys have a 15-man roster as of today, or it might be 16-man 16 16-man roster as of today. Uh, with what you've got now, say we don't sign another player and they make you show up and play with 16 guys, you feel yeah. good about what you're uh, bringing out there? I mean, yeah. If, if like you're saying that we have one game, yeah, like, you got to play one game tomorrow. Play, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. When do you guys leave for IMG, now? I think it's February first. So you got, you don't got a, quote me on that. You got another um, uh, month and a half, two months yeah, to. We, we just started workouts, so whoever's in town has been starting a team workout. So, man, not a long, not a long break. No, we've only got ninety-four days. Ninety-four days. Ninety-four days. Okay. Oh. So, there you go. We're already starting. I, so. I have one last question for yeah, you, and Kyle, it's a completely ridiculous question. I apologize ahead of time, but I always end with a ridiculous question. That's he does. Fine. Okay, so here's my ridiculous question to you. It's actually not as ridiculous as they have been in the past. Other people have gotten worse questions than this. We talk a lot in terms of nicknames for players, right? Mm-hmm. We call Tosh Hulk, McMahon. We, unfortunately, we call him McMahon Bun because he used to have the bun. And then everybody's cut their hair off, right? Like Greg cut his hair off and then Pat cut his hair off. You guys going to make Ballard cut his hair off? His is gone. He's gone. Did he, he cut his off too? His, yeah. Did he get that fade? Get that Jeez. fresh? He got the that fresh fade. Well, he's gone with a tape on now, so he's gone with he's tapered it in. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Everyone getting trims. If you had to pick a nickname for yourself. God. <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever had a nickname before? Like one that people consistently called you? I mean, people just call me Niz, N-I-Z. Okay. Names. Went at college, that was how it was. And then uh, because I had Paco and Ilya here, that it just people picked up on it here. So, yeah, now uh, the majority of people on the team and stuff just still yeah, call me Niz. I call Niz. Me Niz so. <laughs> All right. All right. That's not bad. No. Andy, you got one for him off the top of your head? Or are you just going to randomly invent what you, one? What were you thinking? I wasn't thinking anything. <laughs> He's very rarely thinking anything. Um, I feel like it would have to be something. Because when I watch you, this is from, a, again, this is from a completely uneducated point of view. This is a, uh, when I watch you, your style of play hits me as very scrappy. Like, I wouldn't want to fight you. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, um, so it would have to be something around that. Maybe, um, I don't know. I got nothing. You got nothing? I got nothing. You tried to get there and you came up with nothing. So we're going to go with. Well, Scrappy sounds, it's a little. Scrappy is very Scooby-Dooey. Like, I think of Scooby-Doo's, what was his, his cousin or some Scrappy-Doo was his. Yeah, we're not doing that. No, 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 no. Let's let's not invent one. If it doesn't happen organically, it it shouldn't happen. happen. No, and I wasn't going to. Uh, So, knees. All right. That's perfectly reasonable. We'll we'll have to remember it. There you go. Uh. Okay, I think that's basically that's, everything I had to yeah. cover. Niall, you have anything else you wanted to chat about? Did you want to throw a, a, a holler at anybody? I know you've got a, a little baby at home. I do, man. I hope he's asleep. So he's down <laughs> some when I get back home. <laughs> <laughs> Not be on night duty tonight? Yeah, nah, he sleeps really good. He usually it's goes nice. nine till nine. Yeah. Like, not a peep. Wow, really? Yeah. Wow. How old is he? He's a year and a half. Jeez. But it's been like that. It's been like that from for months since he was like small you gotta knock on wood about yeah, that yeah man that well, is he, he, he sleeps so he goes to bed around 9 sometimes if, at the latest at 10 if he's fighting it. and then <laughs> he when I was leaving for training you know in the morning at like 8 or he was still asleep and, Jeez. and then I would come home and he would, t- he would take like a 2 hour nap at like 2pm and wake up at like 4 4.30 and then he would go right down that nine or ten but he sleeps good he, he's a dream and and man i'm gonna feel really bad if i'm getting this wrong and i'm probably gonna edit this out if i'm getting this wrong but you uh you're getting married is that not right yes yes uh, how long away how far away are we from the from the wedding august 2nd august 2nd so during the season during wow the season. wow do you and did you already just, it's if you do, just let us know. That's all I'm saying. I didn't actually hear it. What was it? Do you need groomsmen? If you do, oh, well, that's just let us know. Ushers. If you need ushers, just let us know. It was the only uh, time I could get a uh, family over, basically. Okay. okay. Um, have you already guaranteed that we don't have a game that day? It's on a Friday. so. Here's open. Here's open. So there you go. So, yeah, it was... Because it's so difficult, transatlantic wedding, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's, it's brutal. Yeah, it's tough, man. And Incidentally. And you do it, like... It's a little bit away from Christmas, so it's not as oh, much yeah. of a burden on, on right. people. So, yeah, it's tough. 
Well, you're doing it the day before Andy and I's birthday. Yeah. And so it'll be yeah. very Let's easy for Andy and I to remember your anniversary, <laughs> yeah. which is important, I'm sure. There you go. Look for your cards in the mail. Yeah. It'll be fun. Niall, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. I appreciate yeah, it. Awesome. Uh, it was a lot of fun. A you've, lot been, of fun. you've been a blast. And we wish you all the best of luck with uh, the baby, with the wedding, and with uh, another great season for uh, Louisville City. Let's hope so. Let's on some wood, yeah? Uh, uh, Andy and I only ever end podcast one way. Yeah, the only ah! way. Oh. I did forget one thing, and I've got to oh, say it or I don't feel bad. Saturday morning at Molly Malone's. Oh, yeah. Uh, NBC is sending some cameras out, uh, sort of as a scout team. They're going to shoot us during uh, the My EPL Mor- My PL morning, which they do on uh, Premier League mornings. Uh, they're going to send some cameras out to shoot Molly Malone's uh, from 7.30 to 9.30. If you want to be there, get there closer to 7, because otherwise you're going to have a hard time getting a good seat. Uh, is Lance going? I don't know if Lance is going, but I know that the entire Liverpool group that uh, is usually there will be there. The entire Man U group that was usually there will be there, and the entire Tottenham group that is usually go? at Saints, I think, is going to be coming over to Molly's that day. So be packed, huh? it's going to be a big, big go? crowd. I'm gonna, I'll be there myself, uh, and uh, in a very old ratty Arsenal shirt, and uh, we will, uh, we'll have a really good time. Everybody, get out there, mostly because. The better showing we have, the more likely we are that they send the whole crew out for a fan fest to yep. Louisville, which would be an unbelievable experience. You know experience. what would help the odds of that? What's that? Lose the Arsenal shirt. I'm not losing my shirt. That's a terrible and idea. And just draw the, have Katie draw the cannon on your chest. You That's go. a terrible idea. Nobody That's a great That's idea, a big, right? Uh, actually, I saw that on the, on the TV today when I was watching the games that they... Yeah, that's that is awesome. Yeah, I I know that I know that Scouse worked really hard to try to make this happen. I know that a bunch of the Black Sheep and the Man United Red Devils uh, group here in Louisville worked really hard, along with a bunch of people that I'm forgetting. But a lot of people worked really hard to try to get these guys here. And if it goes well, then perhaps uh, then we'll be in the running to be hosting the actual uh, the Robbies on a Saturday morning, and uh, that would be. That would be, and uh, Kyle Martino and uh, the whole MyPL morning, which would be a really great showcase for Louisville soccer. So, uh, talk to Scott Stewart, see if we can get the silverware down there. We should see if we can get the cup down there. I'll see if. Uh, yeah, several all cups. Several cups. Yeah. All and of them. I, I, I'll, I'll just take the little ones, honestly. So. <laughs> Whatever, yeah. Uh, I, I should do that. And plus, he's not even there this week, so I might be able to sneak in and get them without him knowing. Like breaking? Yeah, we'll call like... Borrow. Uh, yeah, borrow. Borrow. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll, call, we'll call Lee and see if she can get us in there. Um, all right, thanks again so much, Niall. And uh, we only ever end our podcasts by saying one thing, and that is by saying, Go City!